Okay, we're not. We're losing it. We're losing it here. Survivors ready. Go. That's not the idol. What is it? It's I know. It has a face on it. I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar. <laughs> Can I play it? I want to play that. You are going to have to dig deep. All right, we're back. Matt and Brendan here. How's it going, everybody? Hello? We're jazzed. We're pretty jazzed. We could even say we are Jack to the tits. Jack to the tits! Because we have the second part of our Survivor Kageon rewatch coming in hot today. It's a spicy one. Matt, I need to note something before we get going. Okay, you wanted to get this out really early on. I did. Well, before we get into anything important. Okay, well, this is important. Today I'm wearing a Survivor buff. You look very good. Oh, thank you. I'm not fishing for compliments, but... But you also were, and you do look very good. Oh, thank you. I ordered myself a Winners at War merged buff as a Christmas present to myself because I deserve it. You've earned it. I'm feeling very... Um, I got that, that drip today, Matt. That uh, Jeff Probst drip? That Survivor drip. Mm. So... If you hear anything different in my voice this podcast... It's just a new level of confidence. That's why. <laughs> so, as I said, we're into uh, part two. Kageon, season 28. Brains versus Brawn versus Beauty. This is a great season, um, so we're excited. Um, and if you're following along with us, that's great. If you haven't listened to part one yet, I would recommend checking that out because we talked about um, what comes before what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into part two, Matt, I have two burning questions Let extremely rip. important questions mm-hmm. are they as hot as your tea maybe okay i doubt it but you'll you'll be the judge of that okay i will one no spoilers so i was looking at an ama with Cass, and somebody asked her what her top survivor night snack was and here is her quote she said i have since day one faithfully eaten pigs in a blanket with Bush's baked beans and Chardonnay on ice every time I watch Survivor from home. Okay, when you first said, you, you told me this before we started, and I said, it's a little weird. But if you now that you've said it a second time, it's very weird to me. I think that sounds like a great comfort food meal. It's, that, it's easy. You toss the, the pigs in a blanket in the oven, the baked beans, you just throw them in a pot and warm them up. Chardonnay on ice. I don't know, that sounds pretty great. So my question to you, what is your perfect Wednesday night Survivor night meal? We usually, uh, we like to order food for Survivor night because it's an event. It is an event, but uh, my personal favorite, because I am an authentic Survivor fan, I usually eat rice and out of a coconut. That is how I do it. As you know, you've seen me do this every time I watch. Right. Alongside your pasta for Merle's. <laughs> yes, my pasta for Merle's and rice out of a coconut. I like to think that um, a good snack is something that they might eat on reward because like whenever you're watching, there's always they really always good, so good food and they always look so good. So anything like sandwiches, my personal favorite is like a, we, we, we order sort of the same things. I do like the, the fettuccine Alfredo. That's a good mm-hmm. survivor night one with some garlic bread. Oh, you got to get the garlic. Maybe bread. a spicy chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. 
I don't know. I just feel like we don't get to do this anymore. So I just want to talk about the food that we would be ordering if Survivor was on. Maybe some nachos. Ooh, pretty good. We're just making the listeners hungry at this point. Yeah. Well, and myself, I'm hungry as well. Okay. Into a more uh, serious question. This might be a bit tangenty, so bear with me here. So I've been watching The Challenge this season, uh, and that's because two of our Survivor friends are on there, Natalie from San Juan del Sur and Jay Starrett from Millennials vs. Gen X. Uh, For those who don't know, The Challenge has been around for 36 seasons, and most every season has about 60 to 80% returning players. They bring the same people back every year, just a constant rotation of the same people. It's great. I I hadn't watched it before. I'm really into it right now. Um, They get the cast members from, uh, at first, just MTV reality shows, but now they're pulling in all kinds of other reality shows and sports figures, um, like people from Survivor and also Big Brother. So, Matt, my question is, should CBS considered a little bit more overlap in their shows? Because I know the challenge, it gives a lot of um, advertisement to the other shows, like uh, the the real world and other MTV reality shows like that. I'd like to see, personally, a little bit more overlap between Survivor and Big Brother. There's been a little bit, but it's been minimal. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they need to merge these uh, these shows together. And CBS, they have the three biggest reality shows on TV right now. They have The Amazing Race, they have Big Brother, and they have Survivor. And we have seen these merge quite a bit. And as a massive Big Brother fan, I'd love to see specifically more Big Brother players on Survivor because I think that mindset would transfer over really well. Well, and I know a lot of, when asked, a lot of Big Brother players have said they would play Survivor. So my feeling is, so I mean, at this point, we've had two Big Brother players. Two. I feel like they're not asking because I feel like if they were reaching out to all these Big Brother players, somebody would want to come play. You'd think there'd be a lot that would want to come over, especially because you get that high of being on the show, a little bit of fame maybe. And I think a lot of these people do chase it beyond the show. Um, And then you're just reaching a whole new audience if you're jumping over to a new show and a bigger show in Survivor. Well, then here's my thing. Like me with the challenge, I'm watching it because of the Survivor people. I'm now interested in it outside of them, but I'm watching purely because of um, Natalie and Jay. So it's a great way to bring in an audience. So here's my pitch. My pitch, I want to see an all-star season. We get Survivor versus Big Brother. And you do one season of each show with the same cast. That's such a good idea. That would be so good. (laughs) I would love that so much. But because, again, you just get to see your returning players. You get to see some favorites. And both of those audiences would watch both seasons. So you'd be getting, yeah, a huge crossover of people watching. It's something that... Yeah, I loved when Caleb was on. I loved when Hayden was on. And I think uh, that's something we need to we need more of for sure. Cool. So as per usual, whatever CBS executive is listening, uh, hit us up. We have more ideas. We don't expect that large of a, of a payment in return for this idea. Not that big. So there you go. Just something to think about. But let's get into the second half of Kageon right now. The pre-merge was all gas, no breaks. It was exciting diving back into this one, knowing what's coming because it's been a wild ride up to this point. So why don't we just get after it, Matt? Let's do it. Spoilers for the entirety of Survivor Season 28. Kagiyan coming up after this short interlude. So, three-second recap of what just happened. Sarah was just voted out. Spencer declared that Cass has zero chance of winning the game. And one of the greatest merge episodes we've ever seen. Great merge episode. So we have the mostly brawn alliance 
and they are in charge. They're in control. So this episode begins, and this was where the drama really starts. There had been some drama up to this point, but this is where it starts. We get some Cass versus Spencer. We get some Morgan versus Cass. It's all about Cass. Well, because she flipped. Cass versus everybody, essentially. Morgan and Cass, they, they're they they're uh, jabs at each other. And again, it's all behind their backs. Like, nobody says anything to anybody's face. It's no. all in confessionals. Morgan calls Cass an ugly old lady. And Cass just thinks Morgan's a lazy blank. Well, the quote here is, Morgan is like an old dog who you're just keeping alive because you love it, but it just sort of sits there. (laughs) That's pretty good. It's pretty good. (laughs) We go to a reward challenge and we have the classic Outback Steakhouse reward. Mm -hmm. A staple. Is Outback Steakhouse still a thing today? Does it still exist? Uh, I think, or have they gone under? I think they are in the States. It's still a thing in the States? Not in Canada. Not in Canada. And they're not a sponsor anymore of Survivor, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And they don't sponsor this podcast, so we can say what we want about Outback Steakhouse. I don't think I've ever been, actually. You've never been? Well, there aren't any in Canada anymore. They're gone. I've been. I did like the Bloomin' Onion. They I'll do, say that. They do look really good on the show. So at the reward in this era of Survivor... It's usually a clue hidden somewhere. Napkin, somewhere else, cutlery. I don't know. Spencer finds a clue to a hidden immunity idol. As soon as they get back from the reward, Spencer goes and looks for the clue. He's not uh, all that stealthy about it. Spencer does not have a very good, uh, a very good cover to his game, uh, both emotionally and just in terms of of his actions. He's not. Uh, he doesn't hide things very well. Well, from what we see, he just kind of, it's raining and everyone's in the shelter and he just gets up and leaves. Which, apparently, I mean, you could get away with on the beauty beach because LJ did that and he went and found and no one cared. an idol and nobody cared. But um, Spencer does that and, of course, people look. And so this is, for me, I'm not a super big Woo fan. But this is a great moment. This is one of three or four good <laughs> Woo moments. In this season. So he follows him, spies on him, steals the clue. Well, because Spencer just leaves it out. And then he walks away from it. Like, he just leaves it on top of his pants. That's the thing. Like, no one's going to follow you. Yeah, I feel like in this season, Spencer is a great strategist in theory. But when in practice, there's some holes. A little bit of lack of execution. I get that. So this starts just anarchy, Matt. This is great Survivor right here. Again, another first. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen an idol search on this scale. We've had people work together and find an idol before, but having two separate alliances. And essentially everyone in the game looking. Even Morgan was. Even Morgan got up and decided to go look. So another first for this season, because I... And it's it's just anarchy. Everybody's running around. It's very stressful. I don't know. That scene stresses me out. It is a stressful scene, especially for Spencer. And again, he gets away with this one a little bit. But again, he's not very good at hiding, you know, his actions and hiding his emotions. So he's clearly upset. He's clearly flustered. Now he does end up finding it, obviously. But yeah, if like if the other alliance had ended up finding the idol on this, that would have been the most Spencer thing ever. Because yeah. nothing goes right for the Just, guy. Yeah, Charlie Brown. Oh, that's the perfect analogy. That's the perfect one. So, uh, so yeah. So as you said, he finds it right in front of Cass. They're talking. He kind of has to 
feel around, pretend he's still looking, and then he grabs it. But then again, this is another move where Spencer isn't that good because he just grabs it and then just walks away. Say <laughs> <laughs> bye, Cass. See ya. Later. <laughs> so, uh, and so Cass is a very good study of um, human. Uh, a very good study of human. A very good study of human. So she, uh, I think she was on to him pretty much right away. They don't address it a bit uh, until we're a bit further in, but I think she was on to him right away. So then immunity challenge Spencer wins uh, the individual immunity, which is good because he would likely be the target in this tribal council because of his uh, physical prowess. Um, he starts to work Cass a little bit because he knows that she would be the one to flip. Because she's shown that she is willing to. So that's a good play. However, it, it doesn't come to fruition. And, uh, and Morgan gets sent home. Here's my question. Why was Morgan the target there? I'm not too sure. I think it was just an easy no one would play an idol for her situation. It's it's just a safe move to keep your numbers, which I think is all they were worried about. They didn't care who they were getting out. They just wanted to limit the risk of an idol being played, and no one's playing an idol for Morgan. I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think it's obviously... Yeah, she's not a threat. Because, But it also shows their confidence that they're just going to keep winning. Mm -hmm. Because usually in Survivor, you got to take your shot. Somebody like Morgan, you can take her out at any point. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I just found that an interesting one. But I think they felt the... Uh, the there was enough of a threat. Tony's crew felt safe enough. In the next episode, we get... I guess this is more of a... Tony's rationalizing his own guilt so that he doesn't feel bad about things. So he wants to get rid of LJ and his plan is to talk to LJ about Wu and then get LJ to say something bad about Wu so that he had the justification for the move. Like it's so like deep it's so deep like and and it's and what lj says about Wu is just like it's so minimal but that's all tony needed to just blow it up so he immediately goes and tells everybody that in his alliance that you know we got to get out lj he was coming at you Wu, and Wu doesn't like that tony just loves to stir that up next up uh, a a funny reward tony and spence and jeremiah go to the spa Spa day for the boys. Spa day for the boys. And I think it's interesting because because usually on reward, people talk and whether they are being truthful or not, they'll usually engage in a little bit of strategy talk just to see where everybody's at. But I think from Tony's confessionals in this, I mean, he was listening to Spencer and Jeremiah. He was always open. And that was Tony's game the entire time he was constantly whatever the best route was he was going to take that route so of course he was listening to these people and on a reward is you have a rare chance to talk to people without any interruption and you have food you're happy spirits are up it's a great time to strategize i just thought it was interesting though because usually when you'd have somebody in a position like tony where you're at the head of the alliance in power at this point in the game usually you're going i'll go listen but, you know, we're solid in our five, uh, you know, behind the scenes in his confessional. You know, we're solid in our five or whatever. I listen to them. I pity them. 
but I'm just going to stick with my people. But anyway, it's, it's just very telling that Tony was really just erratic. He was really ready to make a big move if it makes sense mm-hmm. or if it doesn't make sense, I guess. If he thinks it makes sense. So he uh, he works his tribe and he knows that um, Jeffra isn't going to vote for LJ. He keeps Cass on the outside of this one. So he pulls in Spencer and Jeremiah and that, and then, of course, uh, Tasha as well for this vote. And he gets it done with. Uh... Woo. It is important to note that some of this paranoia was starting to annoy his his tribe mates. Even Trish was mentioning that Tony was getting a little bit too wild. So this was kind of the start of people realizing that Tony's playing a lot harder than maybe some of the other people in the game. Well, and the first time he burned somebody that was staunchly in his alliance in mm-hmm. Jeffra. So that's what places a little bit of doubt in Jeffra's mind. But this is what I find interesting. So they go back to camp after this. And I mean, Trish is, I don't want to say gullible, but it's just, she just has unshakable faith in Tony. He can get her back on his side like that. Mm -hmm. But again, why do all these people just follow Tony so blindly? I mean, you had Wu who was completely loyal to him and Trish who was completely loyal to him. And when you have two people that are like locked in just on you. I think... It's a combination of trust and loyalty and a little bit of fear because you don't want him to turn on you. And the best way to keep Tony on your side is to stay close to him and follow along with his plans, right? So they're thinking this might be their ticket to get further as a shield and eventually cut him at a certain point. Now, we know that doesn't happen, but maybe that's their strategy. That is true because even, I mean, even if you question him after tribal, that might put you on his radar, so... That's a good point. He's a huge shield at this point. Everyone recognizes how big of a player Tony is. Absolutely. Speaking on that level, uh, Tony upgrades his his spy shack in this episode. Before he had just built a little cubby in the uh, in the back of the shelter, but this time, oh boy! Right beside the water well, he covers himself up with some uh, palm fronds in the bushes. Again, just great TV. We talked about Spy Shack in the last episode, but it works. He hears Trish and Jeffra talking about him, and Jeffra is very shaken from the vote, uh, voting LJ out. It works. Yeah, no, it, it totally... It, it's a very out-there concept to go and, you know... It's definitely Tony trying to jazz it up for TV, I think. But in a lot of cases, you can hear things, even if it's accidental. In this case, it's not. But yeah, it's it's fun strategy and obviously great TV. So this was a Jeffra heavy episode because um, she gets to go on reward with the entirety of the other alliance, Spencer, Tasha and Jeremiah. And they kind of try and uh, indoctrinate her a little bit. And it works for a time. She agrees to vote with them. Final four, final four deal. But uh, that doesn't mean anything because she doesn't. Mm. So leave that there. Uh, Tony, he's feeling a little bit insecure. So what's he going to do? He's going to go find the special idol, the special idol that uh, Jeff alluded to at the merge. We don't know what the special idol is mm-hmm. yet, but, uh, but he finds it because he's good at that. Tony's one of those players that I don't understand why more people don't do this. 
and it's just go look you know go go look a lot of people and this could be how it's edited and how we're perceiving it but a lot of times i feel like people aren't out there just poking around and i think tony maps out the entire island in his head and knows where to look you know that's a spot that maybe you know maybe there's something there and he goes and he looks and he's plotting constantly about where he has looked and where he still needs to look. Well, and checking and checking again, he says, he was like, you know, this tree with interesting roots, I checked it before, but I figured I'd check it again. Again, it's it's completely a hard work thing. Mm-hmm. I would say it's, you know, probably maybe, maybe 10% skill in just being perceptive of your surroundings. And the rest is just hard work. Like, you just have to put in the time. And we've seen that a lot with the people who are good at finding idols, in recent seasons especially... They put in the work. They don't sleep. They're out at night. Mm-hmm. Just feeling around, which for me gives me a little bit of anxiety, but yeah, it I works. I don't like that, but it's so for me, it's just, again, it, even if you're not the, because Tony's obviously not the most, um, he's not good at puzzles. No. That side of his, that calculate, not calculating, but that um, problem solving is not. The analytic side of Tony. Sure. The analytic side. So it's not like he's, you know, using his brain for this. It's purely just hard work. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all. So as I alluded to, okay, so he finds, okay, we didn't even talk about the idol. So it's a super idol, essentially. It is what the uh, the hidden immunity idol was first, an idol that can be played after the votes are read. Which is a crazy huge advantage. It's too too much, in my opinion. At this point in the game and at this... At this era of Survivor, it's way too big of an advantage. It's game-breaking, but the thing is, nobody knows what it is. And Tony never has to use it. Which is amazing. Because the thing is, I mean, we could call it... I, I really struggle with this one, because again, like if everybody knew that he had a super idol, and that's what it was, he can't be voted out once. I feel like that puts a bigger target on it. But nobody, but nobody knew. And so, he kept it to himself. and so Tony didn't have to use the super idol because of Tony. It wasn't because of the super idol. Mm-hmm. Nobody else knew about it. And then he was able to use it as we're going to get to in a very creative way. Um, a way that was, it wasn't intended to be used, but he has the power to use it in a different way because of how secretive he is with it. Yeah. So again, I don't really like, I don't like the super idol. But I don't think in this case, I don't want to see it in Survivor, but I think in this case, it didn't necessarily break the season just because of the way Tony used it. Mm -hmm. That's all I'll add on that. So, as I said in this vote... I think we skimmed over the immunity challenge. Tasha wins that one. Which is interesting because this... She starts to win a lot of challenges at this point in the game. Her and Spencer start to kind of alternate a little bit. Well, and so this is, I think we discussed this after we finished recording the last one, but Spencer and Tasha run the individual immunities mm-hmm. in the post-merge. But they were on the worst, one of the worst challenge performing tribes in history. Oh, they're up there. They're they're bad. So you have to think it was really... Jatia must have been really bad, man. I don't know. Because they run it. 
No, they're great. The they're reason, challenge beasts, the, both of them. The reason they get so far is just because they keep saving themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they, they're, they're huge targets at this point, both of them. So for this vote, um, before Jeffra goes to Jeremiah and she says, hey, you know how I told you that um, I'm going to vote with you? I'm not. So kick rocks. Skedaddle. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. Because again, nobody wants to cross Tony. It's the fear. It is a little bit of a mob boss mentality. And just, I think, I think his unpredictable play style also just helps kind of build that fear within people because they don't know what Tony's going to do. So don't piss him off because he's shown that he can do, he's capable of some pretty crazy things in this game. And he does like voting Jeffrey out next. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, as kind of a last-ditch effort, Spencer tells his crew, now that they don't have the numbers, he tells his crew that he does have the idol. Um, They go to Tribal. Spence susses it out. He plays his idol for himself. Tony, he pulled out his idol. He was playing playing around with it at Tribal. Putting on a little bit of a show. Just a little, not as big of a show as he usually does, but a little one. He's a showman, that Tony. And he tells everybody that it's a fake idol. After Spencer plays his idol, he goes, I fooled you all. <laughs> this was a fake idol. I got you. Spencer knew it was between he and Jeremiah because there was only three of them and Tasha had immunity. He gambled 50% chance of uh, winning in this 50%. That's not a good number for Spencer. We're going to get that later. Uh, but so Jeremiah gets the votes and Nothing he goes, goes right. Nothing goes right for Spencer in this game. It's like the. He's the bad news bears. Yeah. It's like the clip of George Michael from Arrested Development just slumping down onto the floor. It's a great one. That's him. Mm-hmm. Sad. Sad boy. So Jeremiah goes home. Um, again, not a big loss gameplay-wise. If you're rooting for Spence and Tasha, that's a big uh, another hit to the numbers. But Well, no, and it's something that I think we mentioned in the first half of this season that a lot of the good players and a lot of the characters, a lot of the players you really like stay around even post merge which is usually when those bigger names start to go but the players you don't really care about as much a morgan a jeremiah now lj i think we all liked and he would have added something to the end game but uh those two going home not a big loss no one's caring too much meh 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 in the next episode we get a favorite it's the auction mat Mm. You love the auction. I love the auction. And when I was a kid, this was always my favorite episode. And I, I don't exactly know why. I just think it's fun. And I, I love see I love seeing people kind of get screwed over in the auction too. When I was a kid, I thought that was so funny when they're paying money and then they get a bowl of rice. You just some, lose some it. Squid. And I'm just, you know, 10 year old Matt just laughing his, his head off. So there's some interesting strategy in this auction because so Spencer and Tasha are by themselves. They know that. Tony, always looking for advantages. He doesn't care. So they all wait for an expected advantage to come up, usually at the end of the uh, auction. So they're all sitting there. Everybody else is eating, and the numbers are pretty low. Like, they usually do the auction with a bit more people so that you can get some sort of bidding wars going. But so three people were out on this one. And so everyone just got slamming deals, like 40 bucks, like... Oh, it was a buyer's market. Everybody who else, uh, ev- everybody who was buying food got pretty much whatever they wanted. 
So Jeff goes, what's the deal? You know, what are you guys doing? And they're all like, well, we're waiting for an advantage. So he's like, let's do it. So Spencer and Tony both go in, bet their full $500. And Tasha doesn't. <laughs> this is, what do you think she was waiting for? What was she hoping for? Well, she says she's she thought that there would be another advantage after the advantage, like an immunity idol or a, a, an, a, an idol clue. Has that ever happened? There being two advantages in an auction, though? Like, it's usually one at the end. I don't think so. It, and nothing like... And, it was a very perplexing decision. And I'm trying to think, but if there is multiple, like, advantage-type things, like, it wouldn't be, like, an advantage, a big advantage, and then a hidden immunity idol clue. Mm -hmm. So, huge blown opportunity for them because... If she goes in, that ups their Spencer and Tasha's odds to 66%. Instead, it's 50% like you were talking about earlier. And again, it doesn't go too well for Spencer. And Spencer's just so mad. <laughs> again, doesn't hide his emotions. Again, well. he just watched everyone else just pig out and he gets a white rock. So again, I think that was a huge, I wouldn't say a turning point, but that was a big time screw up. For Tasha and Spencer. And because it turned out to be a huge advantage. A lot of times it's in a, you know, a minor advantage in a challenge, or maybe you skip a stage in a challenge, but this one turns out to be a full-fledged immunity idol clue. Which Tony, of course, puts to use right away. He goes and searches, and I, I think it's interesting. So they get back to camp after this one, and, and everyone, most of his alliance goes to the water and hangs out. Spencer's back in camp. And Tony just does whatever he wants. Like, he's clearly just walking up and down the beach, not carrying firewood or anything, and nobody cares. He just has that pull, I guess. Tony got to do whatever he wanted. Nobody ever called him on anything. Like, you can see they have the shot of all of his alliance lounging in the shallow water. And then in the background, it's just him just walking along the tree line. <laughs> Like, come on, you guys. What's hey, he I doing? Won I wonder if Tony's up to something. He just got an advantage. Mm -hmm. Keep an eye on him. I know you're aligned, but like, this was the thing is they were all like, we're a great team. And Tony was like, I'm in it for me. <laughs> but everyone else was like, I love Tony and we're going to. Survivor's not a team game. It's not a team game. So as I said, so Tony's getting frustrated because everyone's just kind of lounging. Spencer's up at the fire. Spencer, uh, he plants some seeds of doubt in Tony's mind. This is one of Tony's weaknesses. He's he's easily influenced by like small little seeds like this, but well, they have to be believable ones. But Tony's paranoia is is maybe what I'm getting at. Tony's paranoia helps him a lot in the game, but I also think it can be his downfall and is a big detractor for him. Well, and Spencer doesn't lie in this. He says Jeffra was going to vote with us. That wasn't a lie. Because she was. She was in. In her confessionals at that reward where she had agreed to vote with them, she said, like, yeah, it's time to change the game. And then she didn't. So that's enough of a uh, a spark for Tony. And it's, yeah, obviously it's totally believable that the girls could get together and, and run the rest of the game. So, as I alluded to earlier, Tony continues his search and bang. Another immunity idol. So he now has a Super idol and a regular idol. Too much power for one man. With great power comes great responsibility, Matt. Mm-hmm. Batman said that. Yep. 
So uh, in this one, Tasha wins her third immunity. Third consecutive, too. Yes. Which is very That's impressive. Huge. I think she was one she was one away from the record for women. So after the immunity challenge, we see that the uh, the seeds of doubt worked a little bit. Tony's concerned about an all-women's alliance because the women outnumber the men at this point. So he goes to Spence and says, uh, "Let's uh, let's let's do a thing." I like that. Let's let's do a thing. Let's do a thing. So he, of course, knows that Spencer and Tasha will vote with him, and then uh, Wu will do whatever he says. So I think, I mean, overall, great move from Spencer. Again, the strategy with this kid is awesome. It's sometimes the execution. In this moment, it worked out great. He planted the seeds and then he watered them and grew it into something. Well, and again, just knowing that Tony was the one to target. He tried with Cass earlier on and she wasn't flipping. So he goes to Tony, the uh, the next most volatile. <laughs> and a guy with a lot of power in the game. So that works. Jeffra goes home and Jeffra is shooketh. Shooketh. Blindside. Hashtag, hashtag blindside. Matt's doing the hashtag symbol right now. Mm-hmm. Hashtag. The next day, Cass and Tony are fighting a bit because Cass again got burned. The next morning, and this, okay, this is a really interesting situation. So Spencer and Tony are sitting by the fire talking. Very, very close to the shelter, we yeah. should say. And Cass's name comes up in in passing. Like, I think what we see... They were just talking about how they were sleeping in. Yeah. So Cass comes out, and she's like, I hear you talking smack about me, Tony. Put some respect on my name. But he actually wasn't. He wasn't. Which... <laughs> and Cass is so mad. But he actually wasn't. And this is one of the times where I was like, man, like, I feel bad for Tony in this situation. Like, one of the only times where he was being accused of something that he wasn't doing. He wasn't being shady. Because everyone called him on his stuff. Spencer calls him out at tribal council for his lying and all that stuff and the manipulating. That's all in the right. But (laughs) Cass is just yelling at him and he, honest to God, didn't say anything about her. And so this uh, sets the stage for a rocky Tony and Cass relationship. She just got burned by him. She thinks that he was uh, talking about her. Just a funny situation. And then and then we just get to see a good quote from Spencer in his confessional here is, you know, I know that Tony's telling the truth. Am I going to clear it up? No. Exactly. If there's some drama, let it brew a let little bit. Let them fight, especially among the people that are voting against you. And I think it's funny because Tony's then like, all right, we got to go, oh, you know, we're in alliance. We got to clear it up here. And so he goes and talks to her again, and then they just start yelling at each other again. <laughs> again, the merge is just yelling. It's a lot of animosity, but fun animosity. It's it's a really entertaining second half. But so here's what I wonder about Cass. So they keep getting riled up, riled up, riled up. She says, well, Tony, I'm voting for you now. And then Tony lets it slip. He says, well, you do that because I have the super idol. Do you think Cass was getting him riled up on purpose? I mean, that's kind of her game, but like, do you think she knew that he would get cocky, give a little bit more info if he's riled up? I think, I think so. I I think, I think it's possible. I think one thing that Cass had a problem with, with her, I guess, portrayal on the season 
was that she wasn't given enough credit for some of that being strategy. And so if she says that, yeah, that was strategy, I'd believe her. And I think a lot of it was a lot of the animosity, a lot of making enemies so that you can get further in the game because people think they can beat you. That was definitely part of her strategy. Well, and again, I mean, she's a lawyer. I mean, her job is to get people to tell the truth. And she says she kind of uses those um, those kind of tactics in the courtroom, sort of dropping bombs on people. But so but here's the thing, though, is usually if you if somebody got so riled up, they're like, oh, yeah, well, I have an immunity idol. Usually that would be huge. However, Tony's been lying the entire game, so nobody knows if that's a lie or not. <laughs> so I don't think it hurt him as much as it should, and I don't think it's as big a moment because it doesn't really matter because everyone just kind of goes, well, yeah, maybe. It's Tony. We don't know. We don't know. He's got his bag of tricks. That's wild Tony over there. So I think, but I, I watching that scene again, I was like, ah, it seems like she's pushing him because she didn't need to. And that was kind of her game, but. I think it's totally believable that that was 100% strategy, but we don't know. Next up, we get the uh, the annual going to the village with the kids and handing out um, fun supplies to them. Survivor ambassadors. This is uh, one of the other aforementioned fun woo moments. Seeing him do his martial arts, his basketball stuff, interacting with the kids. I was like, okay, so this guy's like, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's got the five laws of martial arts, and he's woo. He's a cool surfer guy. Sure. And the kids love him. The kids love him. Why wouldn't they? So, of course, as we referenced earlier, rewards. Cass and Spencer are with him. They work him. And it's so funny the way this scene is edited because, again, Spencer and Cass are like, it's really hard to read what Wu's thinking about because they're pitching him hard. They're like, we got to get Tony out. Tony will win. Tony's going to win the game. No doubt. Oh, that's definitely something to consider. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, but again, like, this is why Wu is just bad, a bad survivor player. Because like I said earlier, most rewards, even if you're locked in with your person, you'll at least nod along with the people and go, oh yeah, that's good, that's good. But he was just giving such vague answers that it just, it was clear that he was just kind of giving them a... Yeah, they could see through it. Yeah. Wu kind of reminds me of the the turtle from Finding Nemo. That's a... Does that hit? That's a perfect comparison. Yes, thank you. <laughs> He's just surfing. Yeah, man. Again, I think Wu's a good dude, but he's just, for this era, He, I think Wu would have been great on early Survivor. People, because he's a noble guy who contributes at camp and tries hard and has a good time and he's nice and, and he's loyal. Physical. People would have loved him in like season four. He would have been, oh, he would have been a phenomenon in early Survivor. He probably would have won. He probably would have won. And we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> So they get back from the reward and and then Wu finally says, oh, I've considered it. And that's definitely something that I've considered and would like to do. Voting with you against Tony. I wasn't sure what to think at this point about Wu. Because I was like, on my first watch, I was just going like, I want to believe him so bad, but I don't. Yeah, he's... I never thought he was going to follow through with it. 
No, no, definitely not. He's he's loyal to a fault, I think. Well, and so then this is where I get in. He's just so bad. And again, honor, truth, whatever. You're Tony, on Survivor. Tony asks him. Yeah, he's like, hey, what, you know, I, I, I assume they pitched you hard on this reward. You know, what did they say? And he was like, oh, no, they didn't. We didn't talk strategy at all. <laughs> and Tony's like, well, obviously that's a lie. Spencer's been playing uh, with his back against the wall the entire post-merge. So, of course, he would be pitching woo. And was just like, no, we didn't. It didn't come up. And so Tony knows immediately. He questions it a little bit. He goes, I don't know. Woo, you're obviously woo, lying to me. Are, are you sure, woo? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, Spencer wins immunity again. Breaks Tasha's streak, but the brain streak continues. At this point, so the options are Tasha or Wu's going to go with uh, vote with them against Tony. Both Wu and Cass are kind of both flip-flopping on this one, and they're both not really sure what they want to do. The interesting thing here is that Cass's decision is based on, she says, Tony's so hated that he won't win at the end. Compared to you, though, Cass? Yeah, that's my question. Not very self-aware, I guess. She's like, she might want to keep him around. I mean... So, yeah. Maybe she has a point, but well, I don't know if she has a point. <laughs> no, because again, I mean, maybe anybody else. Well, no, not, can Cass not beat, anybody else. Can Cass beat anybody? At this point, can she beat anybody still left? Maybe, oh, left? Yeah. Trish. I don't even think, I don't think she beats Trish. No, because she would have all Trish the- Trish has a she lot would of have all the, She would have all the brawn votes. Cass, I don't think she knows this at this point, but I don't think she has any chance at winning the game. Zero chance. Against anybody. Spencer was right. She just burns too many people and rubs too many people the wrong way. And I don't think people see what she was doing as strategy. I think everybody just viewed her as a mean-spirited old lady. Which is so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So ultimately, uh, they both stick with Tony and decide to vote out Tasha. Very unfortunate. Um, but Tasha. Tasha will return. Spoilers. But she will return. In the next episode, this is great. The The editing off the bat on this one is great. Wu says that sitting next to Tony at the end would be a, quote, lovely thing. <laughs> And then the next clip, Tony says, this kid is genuine and it breaks my heart that I'm going to have to blindside him. <laughs> it sums up the two of them so well. Like, it was just like, this is my buddy, Tony. We're going to go to the end together. Nothing's going to separate us, like, man. Woo, wa watching it back. What do you think he thought watching it back? Do you think he was still proud or do you think he... I guess they ask him at the finale. We'll hmm. get there. He's but... still happy, but I think he he would have seen how hard he was getting played. And I think that would have changed a little bit. Obviously, he's still happy he brought his buddy along, but I think if he had any inkling of how hard he was getting played by Tony. I'd give up my morals for a million dollars. Me too. <laughs> a million dollars is probably more money than I'll ever have 
than I'll ever accumulate in my life, like total. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. I, mean, I have faith in you, actually. I think you'll, if in your lifetime, you'll get there. This podcast is going to blow up and we're going to live off of the money we make from this. Okay. By the way, I still haven't been paid. Okay. So our first million from the podcast, that will be. Well, no, no, no. Half of that's mine. So we're going to have to make two million. It's our first two million. Then you'll be a millionaire. And then we can each say we have as much money as they do when they win Survivor. Yeah. Which okay. will be a cool moment for us. <laughs> I can't wait. That will be very cool for you and me. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Good. Okay. Goals, everybody. We have goals, goals. here at the Dig Deep Podcast. We're going to we rise and, rise and grind, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Every day. Every day. Although we only do this like once or twice a week. Yeah. Every day. We're thinking about it every day. Oh, well, we have other jobs you know it is what it is okay <laughs> tony wins a pizza reward he gets pizza delivered and he brings uh, trish because um um good buddy because she's skinny mm-hmm. that's what he says so this is where he starts the bluff about the special idol because this is where he drops it to trish he says i'll be fine i'll be fine till four this is a i i like this I like this lie because obviously it's a it has a huge power already. You can play it after the votes are read. But Tony's imagination in the game, which is something we've talked about already, is it's crazy to see because he thinks, you know, how can I use this to my advantage because I'm at 5. I'm safe for the next vote no matter what. But how can I plant it in these people's heads that I'm safe for one further vote? Well, and like I kind of said earlier, the mystery of it is more powerful than the actual idle power. Exactly. He uses the he uses their fear about what it could be to his advantage. And it's a brilliant line, a brilliant move. So, again, I mean that's he lays the groundwork there. Of course, it comes up a little bit later. Um Cass and Tony sort of make up at this point. He's telling her that he wants final 3. With her and Trish. Um, so Cass could just take that information and uh, compartmentalize it and uh, do with it what she may. But she instead decides to go tell Wu. She's like, hey, uh, Tony just swore on his wife and kid that I'm going to uh, final three with him and uh, you're not. Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> just stirring up more trouble, though. I like it. So this is where Tony, she calls Tony over and this is the iconic moment. This is one of the most famous survivor moments, period. Tony talks llama at her. Do your do your llama impression. <laughs> <laughs> so there. <laughs> I had to speak llama to her. A great survivor fight. One of the best of all time. She said I was being an animal. So I spoke llama to her. <laughs> so this is. So at this point, I just have written down here, imagine a final three of Tony, Trish, and Cass. Mm. If that were like the final tribal. I mean, Tony wins. So, Just like a group of unlikable people. Oh, the, they would just get roasted. In the eyes it. of the jury. <laughs> they would just get roasted. So this is where, again, so Cass goes, pulls Wu aside and is like, you know, did you, you know, did he swear on his wife and kids to you? And Wu goes, no, he didn't. And you kind of see it click a little bit for Wu. He goes, wait a minute. Hold, hold on. I might be getting played. I Maybe. Just maybe. I might be getting played. 
he starts to realize that Tony might not actually want to take him to the end, considering that he's left with a bunch of other unlikable people and Wu's Tony's main competition at this point, other than Spencer, who they're going to get rid of. Mm -hmm. The biggest target at this point. So later on, this was obviously, again, big fight between Cass and Tony. She's open. She's willing to take out whoever she wants. She pitches Trish. She calls her a goat in the middle of camp. (laughs) And Trish overhears this. Trish is someone you don't want to piss off. She's like a good scrappy fighter type. She's scary, man. Get to the fight. Spencer wins this immunity challenge because, and he needs it. He He's going to go home. So now they have to cannibalize one of their own, Tony's Alliance. Cass has pitched Trish. They get back to camp. Now that uh, Spencer's safe, Trish decides to uh, throw the target at Cass. She confronts her. I heard you call me a goat. And they're just screaming at each other. Again, this is like the most, one of the most screamy Survivor seasons. Maybe other than like Worlds Apart and like. And it's two like mature women, right? Like both of them are in their 50s. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but (laughs) like things boil over a lot in this season. And it's with Cass who is like, you shouldn't be getting in fights all the time. Well, and I think I, I mentioned it in our Rivals episode, but I think it's. It, that's what makes it funnier because especially with Spencer and Cass is you have this a, a kid, a 21 year old kid, a child, honestly, mm-hmm. still in university, barely an adult. And you have like a successful adult with a good job who's old enough to be his mom. And they're just and they're just bickering. They're calling each other names. And it's hilarious. I don't care. I don't judge Cass for that. Oh, no, no, absolutely. It's but just but it's that just makes it even funnier. Yeah. Because it's like, would this happen in real life? Well, maybe. Who knows? Well, and I think one of the interesting things about Cass is, and they bring this up a lot, so she must do this a lot more than we see, but her smirk. When people are yelling at her, she just smirks. And that has to be so annoying. Oh, it definitely is. And you can see it. You can see it uh, at this next tribal, at the tribal we're going to. Cass also calls Trish Skeletor in here. That's a pretty good insult. Like it's an older, <laughs> it's an old school one. Like not everyone's gonna get that. The kids won't get that one. But Trish would get it. Trish would get it, and it wouldn't feel too good. That's why it hits different. So Wu Spencer and Cass talk about voting out Trish, uh, and then voting out Tony at four, and that works. Trish goes home, and I think notably, Wu went to Tony with this plan, and Tony voted Trish out betraying who Trish thought was the closest tandem, her and Tony. Well, again, this is just my problem is uh, this is my problem with the undying loyalty in Survivor. It's just like you're everyone gets mad at the backstabber, but the backstabber wins like the backstabber goes farther. You eventually have to turn on the people you're closest to. I just feel like you can't be that naive in this era of Survivor, to think that with a million dollars on the line, the friendship with the person that you've known for 30 days is going to trump them getting a million dollars. And then being butthurt about it. Like, I hate it when people are mad or upset, and we're going to get to it um, at the end of these games. Like, it's a game. Y'all signed up for the same thing. Just because someone did it better than you and, like, treated it as a game... I would never be bitter towards someone playing an aggressive game. Yeah. 
Well, but so again, I, I do feel bad from Trish and something she brings up at Final Tribal is that she was putting out Tony's fires all game. She, she was. She was the one who was doing crowd control for him. But that Tony, why does Tony care? That Tony's happy. Tony got, you got Tony to this point or you got to this point together. Tony doesn't care. He's going to go and win the game. Probably should have let him get voted out at some point. Yeah, Trish. Even you... though he wouldn't have because he had the super idol, but they didn't mm. know that. We're into the finale. It's big. We got Tony still there. Spencer's still there. Cass is still there. And woo. I would say four, a, a very solid final four. A really fun final four. Good characters have made it to the end. You have, I guess, the more wholesome option in woo. You have, I guess, the chaotic evil of Cass. You have the fun, nerdy guy in Spencer. And then obviously you have the wild card in Tony. Like you have a lot of good character types. Because usually at this point, like there's at least one or maybe even two people who are just complete non-factors in the immunity challenge. And up to this point, you could maybe point that finger at Cass. However, she shows us. And I also, it's important to note that there's usually a goat or two. Sometimes like there's seasons where there's the whole finale is just people that have kind of skated by to the end. But here, and say what you want about Wu, um, I think there's four solid players here. Absolutely. I think I think the GOAT argument comes into play at this point. If you're in the final four, you can say, okay, if I tried to take Cass, if I purposefully took Cass to the end, that would be good for my game. But, but I, I don't think that's been in play up until that point. And I guess Cass is a goat in a lot of ways, but she's 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 not a low impact player. She's made a huge impact on the game. I think she's burned her reputation and her character at this point. Um, so c- you can consider her a goat from that perspective. But I think she's an entertaining, fun, strategic player who deserves to be where she is. Yeah, she got there on her own merit. I wouldn't even call her a goat because that's somebody who they've they've drug along. She is at this point on her own merit. Again, I say the argument could be made that there could be plans at this stage to be like, I want to bring Cass to the end with me because of this. But she has gotten to the final four, the finale, due to her own, um, her own power. We had the family visit. This is a really late family visit. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it ever being this late. Because it's it's just kind of weird because like we're only a couple days away from the end mm-hmm. when you and, get to fly home. And it's not really a challenge either. They just show up, which is a unique way of doing it. Well, yeah, because I, I mean, I see the, the family visit as usually, you know, it's supposed to be a morale booster, right? You're kind of getting into the dog days of the game. It's good to see your family. Obviously, it's still the same effect here, but usually earlier. Anyway, so they get their their family. Cass's husband, Wu's cousin, Tony's friend, because his wife, uh, they have a very, very little baby. And uh, Spencer's sister, who's very much Spencer's sister. <laughs> That'd be a good blood versus water combo right there. Those two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's feisty. She I mean, was she feisty. Was, she was jabbing at propes, too. And yeah. He's going to get that necklace right back. Mm-hmm. It's like, how old are you? Like, 16? Like, <laughs> very confident. Um, So in the immunity challenge, this was one of the biggest. Again, I, I hate when I say the biggest in anything history, but Cass was out of this challenge. Usually I'm the one who's proclaiming it's the biggest in Survivor history. But. 
It was. I do think this was. <laughs> we say it about different things each episode. We're not like overlapping on what we're saying are the biggest things in that category. We're going to start to, we're going to have to make lists of all of these things so as we, can we go. Track. So, so then we can keep track and then we can look at, we're going to put a whiteboard up. You can't see what I'm pointing at right now, but I'm pointing at a wall that does not have a whiteboard, but we're going to put a whiteboard up there and count this stuff out. Well, so we don't contradict ourselves. So we don't contradict ourselves because we don't want to be that. And then we can reference the board and say, was that the greatest in Survivor history? And we can look at the board and eh, it was. So, okay. so We're my, starting now. So my this... entry for individual challenge comebacks, Cass. It's number one right now because it's the only one on the board. I mean, she was out of it. Again, she was she could not get this challenge down. She was out of it. She comes back and wins. Beats, beats Spencer in the puzzle, which Spencer was good at puzzles, but the two brain tribe members, she gets him. And then Spencer gets, again, another jab in. Sucks to lose. Sucks to lose even more to a brain-dead weasel like Cass. <laughs> like that! It's an aggressive uh, insult. Here's the thing. Like, even at this point, like, obviously we've seen them fight a bit. But the level of insults that Spence throws at her. Like, I'm sure... From what I've read, it was tense for them all the time on that island. But just like from what we've seen, I'm just going like, man, Spence, that's pretty hardcore. That's a pretty hardcore insult. They didn't like each other. I know. So after that challenge. Pretty obvious who's going home at this point. It, it's Spencer. And he makes a last ditch effort. And, and this was a uh, this was a great. I, I've also said last ditch effort a lot for Spencer because it he just he keeps coming up with chances. Well, he was he was constantly had his he constantly had his back against the wall in this game, and he would just fought the whole way through. He's from day one he had his back against the wall, and yeah, tremendous player. So he tells Tony that he thinks that it is a final two, not a final three, because Jeff did not say, um, say to Cass when she won her immunity idol that she has won into the final three and a chance to talk to the jury. Uh, make her case for the jury at final tribal council. So his his play is, hey, take me to the final three and I will, I promise I will take you if I win immunity. Mm-hmm. And that's the only pitch he really has. And again, I'm not sure how seriously Tony considered it. It seemed like it was on his radar in the show, the way they edited it, but I'm, I don't think he considered it that much. Yeah, because I think in Tony's mind, he's thinking the only person he has a chance at losing to is Spencer. Exactly. And, and that, how good of a final two would have that been? Would that have oh, been? That would have been a great one. Because you'd think Spencer would have had a great final tribal. Tony's as we get to. I won't. I'll, well, I'll save that. But it would have been great. Yeah, so Spencer goes home. And again, I think the edit, it was edited this way to increase the drama. He was a big fan favorite at this point. Um, make the first vote a little bit more interesting in the finale. So, but in this fi- in this tribal council, there is a moment because Cass tells Tony that she would rather take Wu to a final two because she would beat him. She thinks she would. She thinks she would. <laughs> would she have? I don't know. We can talk about it. But again, I think that I, I, I don't, it's moves like that where I'm like, Cass, what are you doing? Yeah. Because again, it doesn't affect this vote. She's safe. But she's saying, Tony, next vote, I won't take you. I would take Wu. 
And he has a, a promise from Spencer saying, I will take you to the final three. Again, who's to say? So Tony then explains his special idol. Um, after the votes are in, he says, I got you again. That's twice now. I got you twice. And everyone just knows they got duped. He goes, this didn't have... He goes, Jeff, can you uh, validate this for me? Jeff, you want to go ahead and take a, take a look at this? Validate it for me. <laughs> so they all feel probably pretty stupid. Because they could have gotten out the, the winner. odds-on favorite and the eventual winner. But that's how good he played it. The mystery, man. Mm-hmm. The mystery was more powerful than the actual idol. Creativity. We talked about it a lot. Into the next morning, Wu says, I would be the stupidest Survivor player ever if I took Tony to the final. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> what are they setting up? Because Cass and Wu discuss how they both need to win immunity and will take each other to the end and vote Tony out because that's the seemingly the only option for either of them to even have a shot at a million dollars. This is a big maze. Jeff loves a big maze. He loves big mazes. In the finale. Big mate. Big Big, big maze guy. <laughs> big maze energy. So Wu wins this one, and he he literally wins one second ahead of Cass. Mm-hmm, but they were neck and neck. And we were talking about how Cass kind of gets slept on as a challenge competitor up until this point in the game. She wins at four, and then comes, like you said, seconds away from winning the final immunity. Well, again, I think because she isn't the most physical person, but like she was so far ahead of everybody when it came to puzzles. Like she was clearly, she was, uh, and I hate to say this to Spencer, I'd like to see them go head to head in a a slide puzzle, but I would say that Cass is head and shoulders above everybody else when it comes to puzzles. So she was able to make up that time. So Wu wins. Tony, uh... His case to Wu is that Cass will beat him because people will say he doesn't have any honor. So Tony knew. Tony knew what bush and what 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 buttons to push. What bushins to push. What... <laughs> <laughs> Talking's hard, man. Well, we've been talking for a while here. Yeah. It's okay. He knew what buttons to push on Wu. He did. Cass's argument is that she's beatable. She says, you can beat me. Great pitch. He's, that's the pitch you need. And it should have worked. The more logical of the two pitches. It should have worked. However. Wu's five golden rules for living a martial arts lifestyle. So he chooses Tony and votes out Cass. Um, In one of the most shocking final three votes, like, it's just everyone on the jury is just blown away. Well, again, from who Wu is, it's not shocking, but it's just, you're sitting at home and you're going, he's not going to do this, right? Like, I I don't know if I watched this season live. I think I did. But watching it back for the first time in a while, it's still, there's still part of me that's going, like, there's no, there's no way. Like, but I obviously I know what happened. I miswatched but... <laughs> this the first time, right? How? Like, uh, like, you're, it's a million dollar decision at that point. Like shocking. Again, I guess it's just if you if you make that vow to yourself that you're not going to bend your morals to win 
life-changing money, then I guess good for you, but you're not going to win the money. So that's a choice you have to uh, live with. And he has. Yeah, good for him. I mean, obviously that it meant a lot to him. But the thing is, you can still be moral after, right? You'll just be moral with a million dollars. I would argue that screwing over the least moral guy on the season might even get you some karma points. There you go. That's a good way to look at it. And and the thing is, Tony wasn't loyal to you, Wu. Like, you you didn't owe anything to him. Tony was loyal you to Tony. You thought you did. You got, you got played. That's what happened. Hard. 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 You got played hard. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but let's just get into final tribal. Opening statements. Tony says he will answer all questions completely truthfully. That every move he made, it was all strategic. He's an open book. And Wu's opening statements is he talks about his five... Is it, is it the rules? The five rules of martial arts. I have respect, loyalty, integrity, discipline written down. There's one more because that's only four. And money. The fifth one's money. Sarah asks Wu, Wu, this isn't a good final tribal for Wu. Sarah. This, I I was going to say the opposite. I don't think this is a very good final tribal for Tony. Like, obviously he has it in the bag, but neither, neither guy, neither guy has a very, this is not a master class in final immunities, in final, final tribals, rather. I think it's a bubble burst moment for Wu, because I think he... Had it, he had a very different perception of his game than everybody else did. And I think he was coming in thinking that people were going to respect him. He had a different perception of how people viewed him. Yeah. Like he thought that, oh, that's woo, Mr. Honorable. Let's reward him with his honor. Right. Well, and I think some of the, you know, some of the votes that he probably thought he had, he kind of realized amid this that. I this person's saying that I played a stupid game. You I don't can know. see it slipping away in his mind. It was easy to read that way when he's. Well, he gets, oh, oh, crap! A like, little dejected. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah asks asks a good question. She said, she asks Wu, if he would vote for her if she had played the exact same game and was in the same position, and he says, yes. <laughs> uh. Jeffra tells Tony she wants him to own his game. And he he does. I mean, he says, well, sort of. I feel like he backtracks too much in Final Travel. And I think there's a lot of people, had he been playing, so say the final is him and Spencer, and he backtracks the way he does. I think he loses votes. Oh, Spencer would have. Mm. That's a tough one. I think that's a that's I think that's a, a 50-50 split. That's a fifty-fifty one. And as we know with fifty-fifty, Spencer doesn't end up doing too well. So maybe Tony still wins. That's true. That's a good point. But so I think with Tony is that he doesn't again, he doesn't lie. He is truthful in this. And he does he doesn't say anything that's wrong. To Jeffra, he says, I voted you out because you had talked about voting me out. I think they wanted him to just say it's a Say game. you're an asshole. Yeah. Just tell us you're an asshole. It's a game. I screwed you all. On a personal level, I feel bad. On a I'm about to win a million dollars level, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think it was... I don't think Tony articulated his game very well at the end. Well, and so she asked and him, she says... Wu definitely doesn't. So. Are, you, are, you, are you a villain? And he says, I'm half villain, half dot, 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 good player. Again, that's that's backpedaling too much. Just lean into it. They just they, all they wanted to hear was that yeah, I'm, I'm the villain. I'm the bad guy. 
Sometimes you have to reward the bad guy because he played better than you. Yep. Morgan asks a great question that I sort of talked about earlier. Uh, she's like, I'm used to guys following me around, guys being in my pocket. <laughs> How did you do it without boobs? How did you get these men to follow you without breasts? Which is a really good question. I've never seen blind devotion to anything um, <laughs> from a man to another man who doesn't have feelings for that man. Exactly. On it's... a completely platonic <laughs> level, having that level of devotion for another dude. It was a fun, it was a very Morgan way of asking the question. <laughs> Just like, I'm so pretty and the guys really like me. So how about you? You don't even have these. <laughs> Jeremiah comes in with the classic Southerner, where I come from, your word means something. Oh, frig off. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this before. We Get hate this. Get out of here. <laughs> I I hate that. You're just sad you lost. So we asked him, he's like, you know, you were swearing on your wife and daughter. Do you have a wife and daughter? And Tony's like, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. Um, in response to one of Tasha's questions, Tony says, I only backstab people that wanted to backstab me. Except Trish. Mm-hmm. Which is a good point. I think that stands. No, I, I think it's Some fair. people like LJ, he manipulated into... Alluding he, to backstabbing him. <laughs> he worked He worked a little bit uh, along the edges of that. Wu continues on. He's talking to Cass. He says, my, he calls it a power move. My power move of bringing Tony along with me. I thought that would get me points from the jury. Didn't. And he says to Cass, I did not feel that you deserved to sit here with me and Tony did. Wu, do you know what's going on? You're trying to get her to vote for you. I wonder if Wu knew it had Wu watched the show before coming on or was he one of those people that was just kind of cast because they saw him at a beach and thought this guy is a wild fun character but did he really know what was going on out there we'll have to dig into that I, I feel like he makes a comment about Survivor early on but he does kind of have that. He's an actor now. He does kind of have that vibe of somebody who was cast. He was cast because he fits. Uh, he's a good looking young chap. The Trish question with Tony is uh, it's intense. Yeah, Trish was pissed. So again, we come back to Tony swearing on. I think it's it's his it's his dead father's grave. And and Trish says, you know, she says, we've talked a lot about this, Tony. You know me. We're friends. I've lost two brothers. And I would never do that on their memory. So that really offends me that you've done that. But she asks him point blank. He does a little bit of skirting around. Point blank. She says, is it worth a million dollars to play a game with your father's soul and memory? And Tony says... Yes. And he's right. Again, honest. Not the best talker, but he he didn't lie. And I think he did defend himself in this final tribal, at least. I don't think he did as well as he could have, but he was against Wu. He probably could have just refused to answer all questions and still won. So, Spencer compares Wu to a loyal dog. Oh, this is great. And he also gets to throw a big old shot at Cass while he's up there. Calls Cass one of the biggest goats in Survivor history, which again, I don't, I'm not on board with that. I, She's weird because I don't think she's a goat style of player. 
But in terms of winning the game, she would have been a goat. Right. And then they, they address it at the finale. Like, would Wu have beaten Cass? And I think it's unanimous yeah, that it's they would have voted for Wu. So he's right. I don't think it's fair to call her play style a goat style, though. We got some really good just point blank answers in this one. This is another one. Wu is talking to Spencer and Spencer's making the case for Tony. Uh, he just says, Tony's the winner. He says more things than that, but that's what he says. Mm-hmm. Wu says, as a student of the game, wouldn't you respect me more if I took Tony? And Spencer just straight up says, no. Because <laughs> it's a stupid move. Stupid move. So he says, Tony actually deserve it. He worked He worked harder than everybody. It's nice to have someone like that in the jury. Someone that just respects game. gameplay. And that's, that's why everyone loves Spencer. And that's why he was brought back. Is He respects the hell out of the game. And he played it as hard as he could. And he respected that Tony played it harder than him. And as hard as Spencer played it, he saw that Tony was putting in all the work. And he respected that instead of getting defensive or personal, you know, personally offended by it. Well, again, he and Tony were at odds because they were the two biggest players this season. Two power players. And I mentioned it earlier, but how good of a finale would it have been if it was Spencer and Tony? That would have been one of the most dominant finales of all time. Yeah, Tony versus Spencer would have definitely been an all-time duel, um, just like one of the other seasons that we reviewed. With Ghost Island. Yeah, so that would have been iconic. Um, If you hadn't gotten it yet by us blatantly talking about it, uh, Tony wins. Mm -hmm. Should be obvious at this point, if you're just listening in. Lots of votes for Tony. I just want to jump in and say that I actually did think that Wu might get a couple. A couple votes. Yeah. Just because sometimes that bitter jury, sometimes people underestimate the bitter jury. And that was why I was thinking, I was thinking Wu might get three, two or three. And he ends up getting one from Tasha, which is surprising because I would have thought Tasha respects gameplay. But, you know, he ends up getting one. Whatever. There one. you go. So Tony wins. Tony wins a million dollars. The best player this season. Uh, no. The hardest working player. I think he's the best player. He's the best player? Him and Spencer. I think it's it's up there, those two. He made a lot of mistakes. I think Tony's play style is one that can get you very far, but that's a play style that can also bite you very easily. And that's something we see in a later season of Survivor. Um... But yeah, Tony's playstyle, it's a volatile one. And you really have to ride the waves. And I think it, it depends on who you're with. Because this season, he was with Trish and Wu, who were hyper loyal. I mean, that's just already a good block of people. You only need a couple more to bring him in. And But he definitely rode the wave, and he definitely had to get some luck along the way. The merge vote is the first one that comes to mind. Cast flipping is, is huge for Tony's game. Obviously, he doesn't... Well, I mean, maybe he can 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 get back into it if that vote doesn't go his way but he does have a lot that goes his way and he does like i said he rides the wave really really well in this season and like any winner there's there's an element of luck to it well i think it'd be really interesting to see tony play from the bottom i would in an alternate universe seeing tony if sarah had stuck with um the other tribe at the merge seeing tony have to use his idols in a more strategic way because he doesn't really have to use them all that hard. He doesn't use any successfully. Mm-hmm. 
couple quick notes from the reunion. So something I thought was interesting is Tony... Tony knew how much of a psycho he was on the island because he said he didn't sleep because he just... All night, he had to just play damage control in his head and think about how he was going to fix what he screwed up during the day. Which is awesome to hear because that's exactly what you'd think. Just paranoid Tony, unable to sleep, just trying to figure out the game. Yeah, so he has like a delayed self-awareness. He doesn't have it in the moment, but it's like... Like, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, eight hours later, you're like laying in bed and you're just like, oh no. I do that. What did I do? <laughs> Don't we all? Relatable. He says he lost... I am Tony. He lost 40 pounds. That was a lot. All, like, a lot of muscle, but mm-hmm. still, a lot. Um, He did say the vote out of Trish is strictly strategic. A strategic move. Again, I think he thought that Trish was more likable than everyone else did. He thought that Trish could beat him. Yeah, that is a little odd, but... Obviously, Tony was right. He won the game. So the move was the correct move. And another good quote, Tony said, you know, if I told everybody the truth and stuck to my word, I would be on the jury right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the game. That's That's Survivor. A lot of people don't get that. Yeah. Uh, And again, as we said earlier, the whole jury would have voted for Wu if he had taken Cass. Jeff loves to just dig the knife in. Mm -hmm. Hey, Wu, do you feel stupid? Let's uh, let's... (laughs) Let's make you feel worse. Um, another couple notes. I dug into a couple AMAs as well. There's one controversy from this season that was sort of a mystery for a while, and that was the Weasel Woo nickname. Have you heard about this? I know the name. I don't know the backstory, so fill me in. Well, that's the thing is nobody really does. The alleged story. And this is, there have been a bunch of different things about it. Sarah said that she got, she was trying to tell one of the other tribes about what happened after the merge. And production told her not to. And that's what Spencer said that in his AMA. So he didn't know what it was about. Tony wouldn't admit it. But then there was some, there was a story from Inside Survivor. And then there was also Tony in an AMA. So allegedly during one of the early rainstorms, Wu snuck into a production tent and ate food and drank water while a storm was going on. Everyone else was like battening down the hatches at the... uh... That's awesome. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff I would do. But so here's my thing. So again, this, this is all... Nobody has confirmed this. Here's my thing. I feel like... So obviously Wu comes back for second chance, but... I feel like if he had done something like that, they would have not liked him. Blacklisted him. And a I, lot, of, a lot of Survivor ca- member castaways get blacklisted by production because production a, didn't like them, or they made production's life hard for a lot less. Mm-hmm, for a lot less, just so, for being not a kind person or not nice to production, you can get blacklisted. So that's the only thing where I kind of go, I don't know if they would have been. I know he was like he was the face of Second Chance. He was the guy that screwed up. Mm-hmm and was coming back but i feel like if that had happened the consequences would have been bigger like obviously they can't like kick him off or anything but they i don't think he would have been invited back so that's my only hole in that theory one other note bryce did an ama he said that he watched lj find this hidden immunity idol and nobody believed him 
<laughs> at the beauty beach, of course. That right? makes a lot of sense. Because <laughs> I was saying last episode, how did nobody see him or how did nobody follow him? So obviously Bryce being obviously the smartest strategic guy on that team or the smartest strategic player on that team other than LJ. Not a difficult task. No. Obviously, he was like, hey, maybe we should see where this guy's going. Hey, what's that guy doing over there near those very suspicious looking rocks? You know what might be over there? Not food, but an idol. So I felt very vindicated when I read that. I was like, yeah, I knew. Well, it's funny. Like, we both have said that Bryce is someone we'd like to see back from this cast. And I, I definitely think I definitely think he's someone that should be brought back. Maybe if they do like, I don't think they would ever do because I mean, some people have said that they would do like a. Like a like a first voted off season. I don't but want. I don't. I, I don't d- think they would because you need the whole the whole fun behind a a returnees cast is that you're getting those people you fell in love with, and I don't think it's a marketable season, a first boot season. I don't either. So here's my pitch for it. Again, CBS executives, listen up. Um, not the first boot, like the first boot of the season, but they could open the pool up to the first boot of a tribe. Right. Because Bryce was obviously, I think he was the third boot of this season. He was three, yeah, after the Cause there was David two, and Garrett. two brains, right? So obviously not the first boot, but they could open it up and say the, if you were the first voted off from your tribe. That opens the field a bit more. Because, um, yeah, I agree. I've, I've seen that idea floated around and I don't really care about it. I wouldn't, I mean, I would watch it and I think it would be fun and you'd get to see new, you know, new favorites arise from that, but I, I just don't know if that's a concept I would get behind. Yeah. Meh. Give, I'm us, just, give us Heroes Villains 2 instead. Let's I'm saying, that. yeah, my pitch is if we have to, let's yes. do what I just said. Um, Again, Bryce is a quote machine. The direct quote is, I watched LJ get the idol, but nobody at Beauty believed me. Shake my head. They foolish. <laughs> just for the quotes, man. Bring it back. Anyway. He's great. That leads me to another question. Is there anyone else from this cast who hasn't been brought back yet that you would like to see back? Well, and so that's a really interesting point because, I mean, so we got four people back on Second Chance. Right away, which was three seasons after this. Yes. 28, 29, 30, 31. So there we go. There you Great. go. Mental math. math. God, I'm smart. Sarah and Tony return on Game Changers. Was there anybody else? Who returned? No, that's everybody. Um, The only other one for me, maybe LJ. Everyone was always talking about how strategic he was. Again, we didn't get to see the full force of it, but he's the only one that I would be interested in. I agree with that. Bryce and LJ from this season, from people who haven't been brought back, I think those would be the two best options. But it's yeah, that's crazy how popular this season was that there was so many people brought back and so many people brought back so quickly. Well, and that's, I mean, it's a really good season to watch if you're gearing up to watch Second Chance. Because like I was saying to, um, I won't spoil the San Juan del Sur, but there are there are three people from San Juan del Sur who are in Second Chance. So add that together, 28, 29, you have seven people on that cast that you know. That's a pretty good base. This is what I did with uh, my girlfriend. So um, that's all I got. So Matt, final thoughts. Banging season. This is such a fun one. I, I think this is an easy one to recommend to someone. I think this is unanimously a fan favorite for good reason you have an a plus winner you have memorable characters you have memorable plays you have memorable misplays you have memorable quotes memorable fights 
Um, it's just an A-plus season. I, I don't know how you can realistic... If you're ranking the Survivor seasons, there's no way this one shouldn't be in your top 10. I would go as far as to say this should be in your top five. It would be for me. I'm assuming it is for you. Banger of a season. Yeah, the argument can be made that this might be the best Survivor season ever. I The argument could be made. The Definitely the argument could be made. I can't disagree with that. I know what I would have up, up at the top, and I don't think we're going to spoil any of that because that might be a an episode down the line. But uh, yeah, easily could be debated for best season ever. And again, uh, these seasons are always fun when we do spawn some fan favorites that do get to come back and we get a lot and we get um and we get tony more tony and winners at war which mm-hmm. is great well we get tony and game changers and then we get tony and winners at war we get to see two different versions yeah two different games so um survivor kagi on watch it bang bang mm. all right that's it um again obviously one of the most fast-paced seasons we have watched yet uh, I know we both had a lot of fun diving back in. Uh, so if you watched Kagyan with us, let us know what you thought about it. Iconic season. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at DigDeepPod. Let us know your thoughts. Is this the best new cast season ever? Is it the best season overall ever? The let argument, us know. The argument can be made. Mm-hmm. So we'll be back soon with We're Changing Gears with our next rewatch. Mm-hmm. That's all we're, I'm gonna we're going to say. We're going back. A very different season. We're going we're gonna to jump in the time machine, everybody. Back to a simpler time. A much simpler time. When jeans were wide and hair was stupid. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm excited for that. We will have more details on that. But we'll be back soon with more tasty Survivor tidbits. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night.